0: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said? See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to The Profit Podcast. Everything NFL and fantasy football related all year long. With your host... Kelvin Wright. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Prophet Podcast. How is it going? This fine September twenty fourth, Friday, September twenty fourth. I must apologize. We only have one podcast that was released this week, and I I need to explain why. I need to explain why because because I don't want people to think that it's because I'm not uh I'm not into making these anymore. Because whenever I go like a little time without making, some people are like, ah, oh, he's, he's burned out. No. The past week has been extremely chaotic and busy for me. Uh, I had three exams last week, but most, most chaotic and time-consuming, I, uh, I came to the decision to step down from my role uh, as an RA, resident advisor here at Kentucky. I came to a decision to step down from that role. Uh, there's a lot of little factors as to why, but the main, main factor is that it was much bigger time commitment than I, I had previously believed it would be, and it was very difficult to do that job, as well as I wanted to do that job, while getting the grades that I wanted. Uh, so I had to come to a decision to to step down. This will mean that for the near future... I will move back in with the parents and do a daily commute, which will be a blast. But uh, we'll, at least we'll get the original profit studio back. So that will be nice. And then next semester, once I've got things figured out, I will, uh, I'll get an apartment probably off campus, uh, either by myself or with a friend or two. But that is what's going on. And that has just taken a lot of time. It's taken a lot of thought, a lot of energy to come to that decision so that is really why there there was only one podcast this week. Uh, but we're back into the swing of things. On this podcast, we're talking booms and busts for week three. Can you believe we're already to week three? Pretty soon, we're going to be mid-season, if you can believe it. Uh, but there's some players that I really want to discuss. Last week, there were most games, if you remember, I, I didn't really have any passionate thoughts. I didn't really have any firm beliefs or anything. I was, I was pretty lackluster on last week, and... It kind of turned out that way. That week was pretty sloppy, especially the first half of the games, the one o'clock slate of games. Not a lot of fantasy production, but this week is different. There are some players that I'm heavily invested in. Now, I want to start off with Washington and Buffalo and discuss uh, a, uh, Antonio Gibson and Terry McLaurin first. So Gibson, I'm not expecting a big game from him. He scored nine points week one, nine points week two two. He won't be bad this week, but I don't think this is the week we get the Gibson we were hoping for when you drafted him. Hopefully a little bit better, 12 to 15 points for Gibson. That is what I'm expecting, a very mundane game. Nothing terrible, nothing great, just a, a mundane game for Antonio Gibson against a tough Buffalo defense. Now, Terry McLaurin, he, we got to talk about him. He's facing a tough matchup. You'll see a lot of Traverius White, uh, tredavius White, and he he last week saw a lot of James Bradbury, but he put up 11 receptions on 107 yards and a touchdown. So am I worried about Terry McLaurin? Yes and no. Here's why I am worried. Against this Bills defense, I don't think there will be many scoring opportunities, and I don't think there will be many big play opportunities for McLaurin and this, this Washington offense as a whole. However, here's where I'm not worried. Taylor Heineke targeted him 14 times. That's it. If Taylor Heineke hyper targets Terry McLaurin like he has every time he started, Terry McLaurin will be fine. He will be fine. It might not be a massive production. You know, don't expect last week's production. But Heineke is hyper targeting McLaurin. He fell in love with his favorite target. And McLaurin should be a safe, low-end wide receiver one this week, even in this touch, in, even in this tough matchup. Now, Josh Allen, quarterback for Buffalo, he has gotten off to a slow start against Pittsburgh, fifteen points against Miami, only sixteen points. Finally, he goes against Washington in Week Three. Are we are we more confident that Josh Allen will put up a great fantasy performance? I'm not really. I uh, I don't see this game as being a high-scoring performance. I think he might throw 200 yards and two touchdowns, and that's about it, which isn't going to equate to much fantasy production. So Josh Allen should be started as a low-end QB1 once again, and I'm genuinely not very excited about him in week three against Washington. I'm going to wait for week four, Houston, Kansas City, Tennessee. Those weeks, he will be a a massive performer in fantasy. So if he goes down and, and is just mediocre once again here in week three. He will be one of my favorite by low options because oh, Houston, he'll he'll put up a lot of points in that. Kansas City, it'll be a shootout. Tennessee can be a shootout. Uh, Jacksonville Jets coming up as well. Josh Allen back half of the season, not even back half, just after week three or four, he will be a great fantasy performer. We're just not seeing it yet, but uh, I think that it's coming soon. All righty. Now let's talk about some players that are are more more interesting justin fields what do we do with that do we start justin fields against cleveland Uh, let me give you a case for justin fields the case for justin fields is that he ran the ball 10 times last week that's 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 the case for Justin Fields. The case against him would be that he only completed six passes on 13 attempts for 60 yards and an interception. So um, what do we expect from Justin Fields against Cleveland? Probably a very rocky game as a passer. Probably no more than 150 yards. Maybe a touchdown and a pick or two. Not much through the air I am expecting for Justin Fields. Uh, however... If he runs the ball 10 times, he has a lot of value. He has a lot of value. Am I ready to start him? No, I'm not ready to start Justin Fields. However, he has Detroit coming up. So I am ready to pick up Justin Fields and probably start him next week against Detroit in a pretty, pretty great matchup. We saw Jimmy Garoppolo towards Detroit, Aaron Rodgers towards Detroit. And that's the first time that I will be interested in starting Justin Fields. So make sure you've got him on your bench and start him next week. But this week, I'm not ready to throw him into my starting lineup. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, both should be solid. Now, Chubb, this this Chicago defense has looked tough. They held Joe Mixon in check. Uh, they they are a good rush defense. But you have to start Nick Chubb. Uh, This game, there's a very solid chance that Chicago can't put up many points with Justin Fields in his debut. So if if it's not a high-scoring game, that means more volume for Nick Chubb on the ground, especially... If Cleveland puts up, you know, two touchdowns early on, goes up 14-0, they're going to run down the clock with Nick Chubb. And if he sees finally the volume that we want from him, you know, 20-plus carries, Nick Chubb will be a top-six running back. So that's the game script you're hoping for, and I think that there's a very good chance we do get that game script. Kareem Hunt, as always, a low-end RB2 flex play in PPR formats, and you hope for a score. That's what Kareem Hunt will be uh, until he's not with Nick Chubb. David Montgomery uh, is a tough, tough, tough matchup against the Browns, and this offense might be very rocky, but you got to start him, and you got to hope that the Bears lean on him, and lean on him not on the ground game, but in the passing game. You got to hope that Justin Fields early on just just takes checkdowns to David Montgomery. If that is the case, David Montgomery will get it done with a 15-point fantasy game. If that's not the case, we're looking at 9, 10 points for Montgomery. But I think that we are going to see more of the 15 range for Montgomery. I think there will be enough passing volume for him to have a very safe game. Now, I'm not really expecting a big performance from him, just because, as I've stated, I'm worried about this offense. Justin Fields' first start. Justin Fields will take carries away from Montgomery. But overall, Montgomery is still startable, but he's an RB2 this week. Now, when he faces Detroit, fire him up as an RB1. Robinson and Mooney, I don't particularly like starting either of them. I think Mooney is a fine wide receiver three flex play in a deeper like 14-man league. If you're doing some DFS and he's real cheap, maybe hope for a big play. But I don't think in the 12-man league, I would be confident at all starting Darnell Mooney. Allen Robinson, uh, he's good enough that he should be started. But once again, if this offense is shaky and they're relying on Justin Fields running the ball, dumping it off to Montgomery and Montgomery running the ball, it might not be a great game for Allen Robinson. So I have Robinson. I'm fine starting him as a lower-end wide receiver, but I would look for other options this week. I would look for other options over Allen Robinson. In Baltimore, Tyson Williams, he is one of my uh, favorite starts this week. He's going against Detroit. Detroit has been torched by running backs. They allowed a breakout game from Elijah Mitchell, and then they allowed Aaron Jones to score four touchdowns on them. And Tyson Williams is a profit-approved boom start of the week. You heard it right here. Tyson Williams, start of the week. He has been phenomenal in his first two games. 7.22 yards a carry week one, 5.92 yards a carry against Kansas City. He has been a great running back so far, and Detroit is a perfect matchup for him. Latavius Murray is startable as a flex in this matchup as well, and you're going to have to hope for the goal line score, which will probably come because, let's face it, Baltimore will probably go up pretty early against Detroit and then just run the ball for the third and fourth quarter with Tyson and Latavius Murray as a mix. But uh, Tyson is my favorite because of the big play capabilities. All righty, DeAndre Swift. Uh, He is questionable, so I don't really have anything to say right now. If if he's playing, start him up RB2. If not, obviously bench him. And if he isn't playing, Jamal Williams becomes a very intriguing start just because he will score out of necessity. There are not enough weapons on this team for him not to have a decent fantasy game if DeAndre Swift is out. So if Swift is out, fire up Jamal Williams as an RB2. And Hawkinson, of course, we are starting. In terms of Baltimore receivers, Mark um, Marquise Hollywood-Brown is off to a fantastic start. He's the number seven wide receiver in standard formats, formats, the number 10 ranked wide receiver in PPR formats. No one's really talking about it, but he had week one, 19 points, week two, 23 points, He is a very good wide receiver. He's seeing a lot more volume than he's used to seeing. Six targets week one, 10 targets last week, and he's an explosive player against Detroit. He could easily see another seven targets, 100 yards, and a score. So I am all in on Marquise Hollywood Brown this week. Start him. Profit-approved boom of the week. Arizona and Jacksonville. Kyler Murray, easy 30 points once again. Third straight 30-point performance is what I'm predicting for Kyler Murray. Chase Edmonds in this matchup is also a very strong RB2 candidate. He's looked pretty good through the first two weeks. Nothing spectacular now, 14, 12 points. But against Jacksonville, Arizona has a a decent chance to just go up, you know, 21-0 early on. And then, you know, run it down with Chase Edmonds a bunch. So Chase Edmonds, I am definitely starting as an RB2. DeAndre Hopkins, now this is interesting. It's been announced. He is questionable, and he'll be a game-time decision as he has an injury with a a bruised rib, I believe it is. Uh, If he's playing, obviously you start him, but I could see them sitting Hopkins because they're probably anticipating a fairly easy win. There are no easy wins in the NFL, but in terms of ease, Jacksonville is an easy win so it would make sense for them to sit hopkins this week as they face the rams and then san francisco they will need hopkins at full strength for those two games if he is sitting rondale moore becomes a must start he had five targets in his rookie debut he had seven targets last week took 177 yards to the house 114 yards in total he is a phenomenal player in a phenomenal matchup. And if Hopkins is gone, he's suddenly in a phenomenal situation with a great role in this offense. And if Hopkins is gone, A.J. Green and Christian Kirk are also uh, startable as flex plays or wide receiver threes, however, however your roster is looking. But Rondale Moore is my favorite just because of that big play ability. He is the one who could take a screen 80 yards to a house. To the house, not just a house, the house, as in the end zone. So Ron Elmore is another profit-approved boom start of the week. He was actually profit-approved as a player this year. Uh, but, but this week, he's also profit-approved as a start. Now, James Robinson, we need to discuss this man. Uh, seven points last week. Ugh. or Two weeks ago, he had seven points. Last week, he had nine points. Both. Uh, he's been running the ball fine. You know, Five yards a carry about. Uh, he just hasn't really gotten much opportunity week one. He had only five attempts last week, 11 carries. They have not found the end zone. This offense is a terrible offense. It's a bad offense against Arizona. I don't think that they're going to be able to run the ball too much. They're going to have to go out there throwing the ball to keep up with Arizona, in which case James Robinson is only really startable as an RB three this week. My, how the uh, the mighty have fallen. Trevor Lawrence is about to throw four interceptions. So if you've got the Arizona Cardinals defense available in your league, go pick them up and throw them in the lineup. Because the Cardinals, they're going to jump out to an early lead. It's going to force Trevor Lawrence to throw. You know, last time he threw <laughs> 50 times, he had four interceptions. So Arizona Cardinals could have a, a massive fantasy day and possibly win you your matchup this week against uh, with against Trevor Lawrence. Now, Marvin Jones is my favorite receiver to start. He is seeing a, a, an absurd amount of volume. He has 20 targets over the first two weeks of the season. He's scored twice. And in a game where they will be playing from behind, throwing the ball in a, a, a disgusting amount of times, Marvin Jones will come up with a decent fantasy game. He's just like Brandon Cooks in that offense now. LaVisca Chenault is my second favorite, I think. Last week was a terrible game. Seven targets, two receptions for negative three yards. Trevor Lawrence is leading the league in uncatchable passes. Uh, He's been pretty, pretty bad to start. But if you have to start Chenault as a flex play because your team isn't very good, you can do so. There will be a lot of volume to go around. And DJ Chark, you're just hoping for a big play. DJ Chark, you're just hoping for a big play. And when your quarterback leads the league in bad passes, basically, I'm not confident betting on that big play. So Jones is really the only one I'm planning on starting. Moving on to the Chargers and Kansas City. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, you have been very sucky for the past year and two weeks. You're averaging three yards a carry this year. Uh, what, What you... You have 89 yards this season on 27 rushes and no touchdowns. Uh, Oh, and you fumbled the game away last week. So why is every fantasy football analyst predicting a massive breakout performance from Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? Well, there are a few reasons. This is a great matchup. The Chargers defense has given up a lot of yards. Uh, they allowed 107 yards week one and 180 yards on the ground in week two. So we have the matchup sent from heaven. We say, okay, if Patrick Mahomes can score a lot of points early on, then they'll run the ball. And also pretty much every fantasy analyst was very high on Clyde Edwards Lair coming into last season. And then when he was a bust, they were high on him as a as a sleeper this year. So everyone is kind of rooting for him to succeed. I am. But I don't really think it's going to happen, honestly. When I when I actually ask myself, do you think it's going to happen? It's, nah, I don't. I don't. If it happens, I'm happy for him. I've got him in a league. But I'm not expecting it because we, we haven't really seen much. Uh, the, the Chiefs getting up to a big lead and then running the ball a bunch. That doesn't really happen. They just continue to throw it to Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. So I'm not super high on Hilaire. He's an RB2. And you got to hope for a touchdown and more involvement. But when he just fumbled the game away, I, I'm not super confident in that. Tyreek Hill, on the other hand, he's the guy in this matchup against the Chargers who will score you 35 points. I, I'm expecting a, a classic Tyreek Hill performance, you know, 180 yards and two scores. Uh, so Tyreek Hill, I think, will have a massive performance. And I also believe Travis uh, Kelsey will have a massive performance because he does every single week of the season for the past like three years. And in that case, I don't really think that Clyde Edwards Solaire is gonna have a big week. Because if, if Kelsey has 120 yards and a score, and then uh and then Hill has 180 and two scores, do we really think Clyde Edwards Solaire is gonna be able to put up more than hundred yards and score? No. A good game for him would be like fifty yards at this point. So I'm not, I'm not sold on the Clyde Edwards-Hilaire breakout game. And I actually want to talk in one second about another player. That, actually, I'm just going to skip straight to it because Austin Eckler, you're starting. Um, and Keenan Allen, you're starting. And Mike Williams, you're starting. So I want to skip over to this Atlanta-New York Giants game and talk about why I'm not fully sold on the Saquon breakout performance. I'll tell you why. He hasn't looked very good. There's, there's, my, there's my, my big analysis. He hasn't looked very good. Oh, he has his spark back. No, he doesn't. He, he didn't really. Then why, why, He had one run for 41 yards, and then the rest of the night he ran for 16 yards on the remaining 12 carries. That doesn't make me go, oh, he's got his spark back. His spark, oh, he shifted and juked three guys and lost a yard. Okay, so maybe he does have a bit of spark back, but the offensive line is still atrocious. Uh, and, and Daniel Jones, let us not forget that this man likes to run the ball. Six rushing attempts last, uh, two weeks ago, nine rushing attempts for 95 yards last week. When, when Saquon was a fantasy stud, Eli Manning wasn't taking an average of 7.5 carries a game. Those didn't happen. That was not a thing that was going on. So if Saquon, is, is, he was limited in practice a few times this week, uh, I'm not sold on Saquon having this breakout game against Atlanta because we haven't seen much from him. We haven't seen much involvement in the passing game. Apart from one decent run, he has shown us nothing to make us believe that he is still an elite player. And Daniel Jones will run the ball probably eight times, which means that a lot of the the ground volume won't be there for Saquon. I mean, yeah, that, that, okay. There's my little, there's my little rant about Saquon. <sighs> that being said, Daniel Jones, if he runs the ball eight times, we're starting Daniel Jones in our lineup. Uh, I still don't think he's a very good quarterback. But the last time I said that about a quarterback, they turned into an MVP candidate uh, right after I said that. There was Josh Allen. Maybe we'll have a Daniel Jones uh, situation like that as well, where I make a TikTok saying he's terrible, and then he starts blowing up fantasy scoreboards. Look, he's running the ball. Rushing is the key to fantasy production as quarterbacks. So Daniel Jones in this game against Atlanta, he is a must start. Now he's going to be terrible. Now he's going to be terrible. Mike Davis, are we starting him? Yeah, we can start him, I think. I think we can start him. I'm not happy about it. He's like an RB3 flex. Cordero Patterson, can we start him? Yeah, we can start him, but as an RB3 flex. Um, Look, here's the situation. Someone's going to score and someone's going to be happy, but there's really no way to predict who that will be because it's the grossest backfield ever, Cordero Patterson and Mike Davis. Um, So... I think I think you can start both of them, but have fun trying to predict uh which one will will succeed. I mean, Cordero Patterson scored twice last week and he's got the PPR uh upside, but hey, he he averaged one yard a carry. So I'm not sold on Cordero Patterson. Mike Davis, I mean, he he hasn't looked great. I I don't know. I think you can start both because of the PPR upside, but That's about the end of that. I don't think both of them are great runners right now. Calvin Ridley, must start as always. And then Kyle Pitts, he's a must start because you took him really early in your draft, which was probably a bad decision. Uh, If he can't capitalize this week against the Giants, then it was officially a bad decision. But we're starting him. Saints, New England. Uh, I'm starting Kamara. I'm starting James White. I'm starting Damian Harris. That's it. I don't have much to say about that game. I don't. I really don't. Cincinnati, Pittsburgh. Joe Burrow, we're not starting. Joe Mixon, we are starting. He should be fine. Joe Mixon should have a very decent game. He's getting a lot of volume. And against Pittsburgh, uh, a rivalry. I think Mixon can put up 100 yards in a touchdown, 16 to 20 fantasy points for Mixon. I like him a lot. T. Higgins is out this week. He's extremely doubtful, is his injury report. So Jamar Chase becomes a very a very sexy start uh, as he's appeared to be uh, Burrow's favorite deep target. Tyler Boyd is also startable as a flex if, uh, if Higgins is out. But, but Jamar Chase would be my favorite option there. Big Ben, I don't want to start him ever. Najee Harris against Cincinnati. This is really his, his test. Is he an elite playmaker? Uh, he saved his day last week with a 22-yard or 17-yard touchdown. But overall, he hasn't been running the ball super well. He's not been efficient. So against Cincinnati, a pretty poor defense. One where I would be surprised if Cincinnati, you know, boat races the team. Uh, we should see Najee Harris' true capabilities as an NFL runner. I am hoping that those capabilities result in 20 fantasy points because I own him in a few leagues. Uh, Will they? I don't know. I'm predicting they will. But there's a certain risk to this backfield. Uh, There's a certain risk to Pittsburgh because Ben Roethlisberger throws a lot of turnovers and their offensive line is terrible. However, I am still betting on Najee to succeed against Cincinnati this week. And I am starting him with full confidence, or at least I'm saying I am. Juju... Had a rebound week last week. He put up six catches for 41 yards. Uh, pretty decent game for Juju. Where did his fantasy points come from? I'm very confused. One second. I'm looking at this. He scored 16 points last week on six receptions and 41 yards. That should be for 10.1 points. How did he score 14 points? 16 points. I, I'm, I'm really confused. Did he have rushing yards last week? Uh I, I have no clue what I'm looking at. I'm so confused now. Um must have rushed in a touchdown. I didn't see much of that game. He I, I'm assuming he did. Anyways, Juju is startable in this matchup. I'm not excited about it. Um Deontay Johnson will be missing time, so Juju does get a boost, and so does Claypool but I I don't really love this offense. If I had to start one, though, I would probably start Claypool and hope for the touchdowns on like an end-around play. All righty, Indianapolis and Tennessee. Is Carson Wentz playing? Wow, that is impressive. It looks like Carson Wentz will most likely play. If he does, then I like uh, Jonathan Taylor a lot, and I'm starting Jonathan Taylor and I think that he will have his, his first, um, you know, big game of the season. I think he will have his first big game of the season. He had 17 points week one, but only 3.29 yards a carry and 56 rushing yards. So I do think that he will have a much better game against Tennessee, the best he's had all season. I would look for a big run, maybe 100 yards and a score from Jonathan Taylor. It could be a classic running battle between Taylor and Derrick Henry. Now, Derrick Henry, I think, will have probably a great game. We don't have to say much. He had 47 points last week. You're starting him. It doesn't matter. Michael Pittman, though. Do we start him? 12 targets, 8 receptions, 123 yards. I think he is startable if Carson Wentz is playing as a flex play. I like him more than Pascal. Pascal has just been very touchdown dependent, and I like the volume of Pittman more and the talent more. And then AJ Brown, he has not seen a great game yet this season, only seven points last week in what was a very high scoring game. But Julio Jones scored 18, so that's fairly worrisome for AJ Brown owners. I'm not ready to bail or panic on AJ Brown, so we are starting him and we're starting uh, Julio Jones as well. It just, I don't think there's room for Derrick Henry, Julio Jones, and A.J. Brown to all have great weeks. I think only two will. So you're going to kind of play this roulette with, with Julio Jones and A.J. Brown, which wide receiver will have the big week. Last week it was Julio. A.J. Brown is very talented, of course, and you just hope it's him this week. But I don't think they will pass enough for both of them to be great. Jets and Denver. Zach Wilson is on the bench. Michael Carter, uh, I I don't want to start him either. Uh, uh, Corey Davis, I don't really want to start either. I don't want to start anyone on the Jets. Okay. Teddy Bridgewater is a startable flex option. Yes, Teddy Bridgewater. So happy for this guy coming back, playing at a very high level, leading the league in 20 plus yard passes. He looks great two touchdowns and 264 yards. Week one, 328 yards and two touchdowns. Now those were two easy matchups against the Giants in Jacksonville. However, he's playing the Jets, which are arguably an easier matchup than either of those teams. So Teddy Bridgewater, I'm continuing starting him as a streaming option and I am expecting 20 to 25 fantasy points for him. Now here we go. Here's where things get exciting. The boom, breakout, explosion of the week. You guessed it. I was trying to build suspense with the silence, but it just got a little weird. Javante Williams. I am so excited about Javante Williams to the point where in one league, I'm just excited enough that I'm starting him over Antonio Gibson. I'm not even recommending you doing that. I don't think that's probably a good decision. I'm just so excited that I am doing that because it's fun. But Javante Williams, he has looked great when he's been on the field Breaking tackles all over the place. Incredible balance. Incredible burst. He was very efficient on his 13 carries for 64 yards last week against Jacksonville. Against the New York Jets, this is his chance to break out. This is the big chance. After this, we get Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Vegas. If he doesn't break out this week, it will be very tough for him moving forward to have a a bigger role and he won't be really startable if he's still in a 50-50 split. So I am expecting and hoping for a big breakout from Javante Williams that forces him, that catapults him into the status of RB1 on the Denver Broncos. And I think he can do it because the Jets' defense is trash. It is trash. And Javante Williams is a good runner, That is the rationale. So I know it's going to be a 50-50 split, especially early on. But Javante Williams, I think, has a lot to prove. And I think he breaks off a few big runs, a few 45-yarders. And I think he shows that he is the best running back in this backfield. And Javante Williams, I think, is a startable player in week three. I am starting him. Cortland Sutton. We are also starting 24 points last week, nine receptions for 159 yards. He is the main target for Teddy Bridgewater, especially with Jerry Judy out. Cortland Sutton becomes a must-start in a fantastic matchup against the Jets. All righty. That will bring us to the end of this podcast. We've got about four five more games to go, and I will do that tomorrow as a part two episode, I promise, and I will also give you the rest of my prize pick selections. So thank you all for listening to this first half of the matchup episode for week three. I hope you liked it, and I hope you tune in tomorrow when we go over part two, the other four or five games, which players I'm excited about, which players I am fading. All right, I will see you next time.